you're listening to Get Mouthy, the podcast from the Head and Neck Cancer Foundation. I'm Michelle Vickers. Join me as I chat with some of the most interesting people I know who are all linked in one way or another in the fight against head and neck cancers, either personally or professionally. Okay, so today we're looking at the relationship between cancer treatment and fitness. And later on, I'll be speaking to Vicky Fox, who's the author of Yoga for Cancer, to understand how staying fit during your treatment can support your sort of well-being uh, and your journey. But first, I'm really pleased to be speaking with personal trainer and cancer exercise specialist, Carolyn Garrett, who has actually had her own journey with cancer which we'll find out a little bit more about and has created her own book, which is called, I love this title, Get Your Oomph Back, A Guide to Exercise After Cancer Diagnosis. So I'm really excited, looking forward to be talking to you. So hello, Carolyn, and good to have you on. Hello and morning. Thank you for having me. Not at all. So let's just get into it. I guess one of the things that we really advocate is we have like a Facebook support group and and it does really well. And the reason it does really well is because it's people talking to other people about their personal experience. So I guess for you and for those readers of your book, what's appealing about it is the fact that you've had cancer treatment yourself. So when were you, when were you first diagnosed? When was this journey? Well, the, the kind of order of events isn't really what people would necessarily expect. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the very start of the pandemic during the uh, early part of the first lockdown. Um, But I'd already been doing this job for years beforehand. And actually, the book was mostly written or certainly more than half written. So I've been doing this job for nearly 10 years now. Mm. Uh, And before that, I worked in cancer services uh, and decided to take a leap from um, I wanted to do something more hands-on, more practical. So I retrained um, from being a cancer manager to uh, <laughs> a personal trainer, um, yeah. just because I was so fascinated by the evidence emerging. You know, there's been there's so much known now yeah. about the link between. Uh, lots of it was known about the link between exercise prior to cancer and its ability to reduce the risk. We don't say prevention anymore because you can't no, no. prevent. Um, but what was becoming really clear was in terms of after people had been diagnosed, the value of exercise, the importance of exercise, the knowledge around that has just grown and grown. And it's grown while I've been doing this job. So long answer to your question, Michelle, yeah, no, I was always doing the job. Uh, yeah. I've been doing the job for a long time. And I'd started the book because I'd started a blog because when I'd done talks a little bit like this, people had asked for the handout. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I started writing up the handouts and they became a, a wow. little piece of work um and then I was treated I got off really lightly in terms of cancer I know it's easy to say now a couple mm. of years down the line but uh, I didn't need chemo and I actually I, I opted to have a mastectomy uh partly because I, it meant that I wouldn't need radiotherapy yeah, um, yeah. so yeah 2020 was a bit bumpy <laughs> yeah I bet and so so obviously then you were physically really you were physically fit yeah. when you got this diagnosis exactly. and that must be kind of quite a weird thing because as someone who does the job that you do you're mm. obviously very aware of your body and how it feels and all of those sorts of things so was it a shock to, to find out that you'd, you'd been diagnosed with this yes um I always imagined I'd have yeah one one in two adults gets cancer one in yeah. two people get cancer so I, I'd always knew the statistics and I've always known the statistics, particularly about breast cancer. Uh, 
and I knew I would have been absolutely typical as somebody to to get a diagnosis I thought I'd be older Mm. um and yeah people's reaction was funny because the one thing that people would say was but you're really fit yeah yeah, it still gets you it doesn't it's not choosy no I know it doesn't care who it picks on does it but I just think it's kind of like when you're someone who is actually very fit and very aware of your own health um uh it it must be almost you know it's it's, it it must be a surprise and a shock so how did so you were talking about you, you sort of had heard about this the fitness you know we all have heard about how being sort of fitter and healthier can help help you health wise and also your mental health as well mm. but specifically did you did you find it difficult to stay fit while you were going through your treatment no no I didn't. as I say because I didn't have the two treatment types that just really knock the stuff yeah. out of people I had surgery and then um, I've been on hormone pills and they are frying my brain. I must have been yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mentally uh, in terms of my memory, my ability to concentrate has been really affected. And the hormone pills, they put you in, you know, you get menopause symptoms that are yeah. Uh, yeah. up there. But no, um, I was at a massive advantage, to be honest, Michelle, because I was fit and also because of how the work I do, I yeah. was just surrounded by, both a support network already and also knowledge and you know knowledge is yeah. so important so I knew I knew in some ways what to do and also yeah. getting my physical strength back not losing strength during the time and then being able to return to work you know they went hand in hand yeah so, yeah but for me beside all the work and beside knowledge of cancer I've always been a runner not fast by a long stretch but I, I love running so for me, getting back to running and being able to run was just what sorted my head out when everything was going a bit wonky. So this may be a, it may be an obvious question, but how does it actually how does exercise actually help people um, through their treatment and help them get better? Jigsaw pieces, lots of different different um, aspects. Um, the biggie is around fatigue and there is something about when we exercise that helps offset cancer related fatigue and it's known very specifically you know there are other types of tiredness PTSD and you know other conditions that have fatigue as part of the uh, package if you like Uh, cancer related fatigue very specifically it is known that exercise can help reduce the impact of of cancer related fatigue both there and then because you just feel well as long as you get it right you feel a little bit better and a bit brighter on the day but in Mm. the longer term it can just help people people's uh, bodies get back to having a bit more energy um part of that is around muscles and around strength and the fact that we cancer patients tend to lose muscular strength during Mm. the period of treatment uh and Working your muscles to help rebuild the strength both um, helps your day-to-day stuff. So, so many people find getting upstairs difficult as a direct response, direct consequence of their cancer treatment. Yeah. Whereas if we train people, you know, and I'm talking literally getting an, an aerobic step, you know, like they used to use in the, used yeah, to use in the yeah. 90s. Oh God, I remember <laughs> so, those, you know, yeah. Or your bottom step at home and stepping yeah. up and down for a couple of minutes helps remind the body how to do that. Yeah. Then having more muscle on your frame is known to help reduce 
both the fatigue ah. and to help reduce the risk of the cancer coming back. And this is where the science gets really, really interesting. What we do with our bodies um, can, ha- again, no guarantees, which why is why I would not use the word prevention. But what is known is that when people exercise regularly, and particularly when they work on the strength of their muscles, if you're able to do that, the chance that this the likelihood of the cancer returning does go down. Wow. Significantly. What about though then that you're diagnosed and you're not like you, you're more like me, (laughs) which is not you know, not fit, not someone who regularly exercises. So let's just say someone gets a diagnosis and they're like oh my God, I haven't done any of this. You know, I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not fit, but they yeah. obviously speak to someone like you who says, you know, let's try and keep this going. Do you work with people like that? Oh God, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Um, I'm not normal <laughs> in terms of activity levels, I'm not. Uh, and if you think, you know, broadly, the people get cancer towards mid and later life. So, and I've met some fantastically fit, active, um, cancer, people with cancer in their 70s and 80s. My oldest client, he's no longer with us, but he was a cancer patient and also had dementia. He was 93. Wow. So, of course, it's for everybody. Um, our bodies are designed to move. You don't have to wear tight lycra and go to a gym in order to move. And certainly what most, most people's fallback if they're trying to exercise more is walking. Walking, yeah. You know, uh, walking either in nature because it's lovely, yeah. having a chat with a mate or whatever, or walking functionally and, you know, the stuff around um, taking the car rather than the bus, getting off the bus and stop early, yeah, stop you know, early incrementally yeah. building <clears throat> up your steps. Um, mm. People often ask what the prescription is for, you know, how much do you need to do in order to have an impact? Um, and... The recommendation for people after a cancer diagnosis is the same as for people before a cancer diagnosis, which is that we want to try and get about 150 minutes of exercise a week in. Mm. Exercise where you get warm and out of puff. Now, I often lose half my audience when I tell them this because they think I haven't got two and a half hours. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that is a brisk 15 minute walk to the office. Yeah. About. Or using the esca- uh, walking up the escalator yeah. rather than just yeah. riding the escalator, that sort of thing. Yeah, and it can and, be dancing, you know, it can yeah. be gardening, it can be mucking about with the grandchildren, it can be loads yeah. and loads of things, as long as it's enough to get you warm. Yeah. Uh, the kind of thing where you think you might take your sweatshirt off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Level of, of stuff. Beyond that, we do need to do stuff around keeping our muscles strong. And it, the one message that I try really hard to get across is this thing about strength it's so important and increasingly important um and that needs to be things that we do that do repetitively challenge the muscles so if I was talking to someone like you who doesn't necessarily enjoy exercise yeah I don't enjoy exercise I walk my dogs yeah uh, and I have a grandson who I look after and he I must admit my level of fitness has massively increased since I've had him around so Yeah. yeah But if you can find 20 minutes, 15 minutes, two or three times a week to do something, it doesn't have to be with big weights, it can be with resistance bands, but something to very specifically challenge your muscles. 
it's valuable and it's you know we can frame it without being too cheesy we can frame that as investment in self you know in in allowing yourself something because it's important yeah yeah so let's just before we go let's just where can people get hold of your book anywhere (laughs) (laughs) everywhere it's uh it's all all the online booksellers have it uh you can get it directly from the publishers um you can read the first chapter free on the publisher's website as well the publisher is hammersmith health books you can get say remind people what it's called it's called get your oomph back a guide to exercise after uh cancer diagnosis um is there anything else that you're doing to support patients? I know you do you do work with Maggie's, don't you? Maggie's Cancer. I do. In fact, I'm going to two of the Maggie centres later. Um, for those that don't know Maggie's, they're amazing centres. Yeah. They're beautiful. They're mm. wonderful, nurturing, healing places. And they do. I know we, we've, we haven't really talked specifically about people with head and neck cancers. Maggie's yeah. centres do um, specifically have um, sessions for people who've had head and neck cancers, uh, for people who've got stuff going on with the throat yeah, and the voice. Mm. Um, so today I'm taking, we're going, I'm going to Maggie's at the Royal Free Hospital in North London and we're going Nordic walking on Hampstead Heath, which is just wow. gorgeous. Yeah, Nordic walking is a really helpful form of exercise for people that aren't particularly into it because it's a way of making walk, it's where you walk with poles, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a way of making exercise the time spent a little bit more useful if you like because you use your upper body you yeah, so it's well. known to help with strength shoulders upper back so again thinking head and neck cancer um my hunch and certainly my experience is that that might not be uh that, that lifting heavy weights might not be uh easy actually mm. certainly during treatment yeah, and after, yeah. particularly when it's it's yeah. around there you can stride along with a pair of Nordic poles and use all of you. Yeah. <laughs> use all of your muscles. And it's in nature. And you're chatting to other people who might not be in exactly the same boat, but we're certainly on the same, same choppy same. sea, you know. Yeah. So doing that. And then, and again, many of the Maggie centres have Nordic walking groups. It's not just there. I also have one at uh, Maggie's in West London. Yeah. And then I'm going down to West London and we're doing indoor rehab, which is more specific around strength training we'll use resistance bands and some weights and we'll work on balance as well uh breathlessness we do some work on and again many of the maggie centers have that kind of yeah uh, class going well it's been really interesting talking to you and i hope um people jump on the internet and and look up your book and um particularly if people are at the start of the journey but it sounds like what you're saying is anyone can anyone you don't have to have cancer or be diagnosed to read this do you <laughs> you don't it's i mean it's very cancer specific um yeah. exercise is an amazing thing for recovering from many types of diagnoses uh but as i say the, the book is very cancer specific one of the things that i was going to say is that it, there is a chapter in there about prehabilitation because I know that's yeah. something that you're really interested in yes it is. Uh, yeah. and actually yeah. I talk about my own prehab because because I was lucky I knew about the studies in fact I'd written the chapter in my book on prehab before I was diagnosed wow. so I copied the trials yeah um when I was trying to keep it and it's to do, so much to do with your head Michelle to be honest you, you can prepare your body but it's yeah. how you cope yes, uh, and yes. exercise can be as long as it's something that you can find a way to enjoy, enjoy exercise yeah. can be a really 
helpful part of coping yeah. with the diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. a winning combination of, as I listened to your podcast on uh, with the nutritionist, yes. and it's the two going together. It's nutrition and exercise and emotional support. And if you can get all those three things overlapping, it's just yeah. been shown to really, really help, help people get better quicker. Well, thank you so much for the work you do. And thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, if people listening want to pop along to their Mag- local Maggie Centre, I know we were going to, we, we initially met to talk about the book, but yeah. uh, go along to Maggie's because they're just ace. Yeah, yeah. Everyone who's who I know who's been there says yeah. exactly the same thing. So yeah. lovely yeah. talking to you, Karen, and we shall speak to you shortly. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. So I'm with Vicky Fox and Vicky is a yoga for cancer specialist. And I think this is going to be really interesting for our listeners because I don't think when people are diagnosed or even when they're in recovery, I'm not sure unless people have done yoga before that this would be something that they might think about to sort of help them. Um, And I know that you help um, cancer patients of all sorts of yoga abilities, sort of find some sort of peace and a place of tranquility, I suppose, really is what people need when their bodies are, are changing so it's so good to have you on Vicky thank you so much for joining us um oh, it's lovely to, to hear you and see you good so I'm just gonna start on with it really I want to know like how did this all start and how did you come to sort of pair yoga with cancer treatment okay so um I I trained to be a yoga teacher in 2008 and when I first uh was a yoga teacher I was sort of slightly terrified that I didn't have enough anatomy background. I didn't have enough knowledge um, on that side of it. So then started doing lots and lots of trainings in terms of anatomy. And during that time, an amazing teacher came over from America and she had yoga for survivors in America. Mm. Um, and um, and she, she ran this amazing training. It was 150 hours. Um, she mentored me for a year while, when I started classes. And, and, and it just came about, I, I wanted to give back. I wanted to do something with my yoga that gave back because I could mm. feel the benefits myself at my most challenging times in my life. Yoga has really benefited me. It can be one of the hardest things to do sometimes, but I know that I've really benefited from finding some, you know, finding my breath, moving my body, calming my mind a bit. It just has only ever had a positive influence on me, even when it's been hard. And so I just wanted to do that and and give back. And then I started teaching yoga for cancer classes and I was working out of a cancer center. One of the cancer centers I worked for is in Battersea. It's a wonderful cancer center, but we have a shared space that we do the yoga in. And so I'd regularly go in and pick up Chris off the carpet or, you know, <laughs> just wasn't such a nice space. And yet I did yoga at a, a yoga center in London called Tri Yoga, which was really clean and beautiful with loads of props. And um, I had somebody at the time offered to sponsor the classes. And so I approached Tri Yoga and said, look, I've got someone sp- offering to sponsor the class and or possibly sponsoring the class and um you know what would it cost to rent a room and we started having these negotiations and then the company that were going to sponsor me they voted for a different charity so I didn't get the funding and I had mm-hmm. to go back to try yoga and say look I can't 
um, do this. And the owner of or the founder of Try Yoga, Jonathan Sutton, said, well, if you're happy to teach for free, I'll give you the room for free. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started, because I was really adamant that I wanted these classes to be open to anybody, no matter what your diagnosis was. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever heard the words that you have cancer, these classes would be available to you. And I really wanted them to be free just because I know that um, the financial cost for people when they're going through cancer treatment um, it's huge. You know, you might need childcare. You might be self-employed. You mm. might need to stay overnight. You might need taxis. You know, yeah. your partner might need to take time off work to support you or a friend yeah. might need yeah. to be. So I really, really wanted these classes to be free. So I was really grateful that um, we were able to do that. And that's how they started. And then they kind of spread through word of mouth. You know, yeah. people would come in and then they'd go back to chemo. And the next week, someone else would come in and say, well, I was sat next to so-and-so um, having my chemo. And, yeah. and they, they told, told me all about the class, yeah. you know. So yeah. it's sort of, it's spread like that. And we're quite close to the Royal Marsden um, where uh, Tri Yoga is. So yeah, and that's how it started. And that's then it completely good. changed when we went into lockdown because suddenly yeah. it wasn't just London-based. Now it was anybody, anywhere. anyone. Yeah, anyone, anywhere. So just for people who don't know, mm-hmm. do a little, bri- I did yoga when I was, weirdly, I did yoga when I was a young teenager, actually. I did it for okay. two years. Uh, uh, which is many, many, many moons ago and many stones <laughs> in weights later, um, you know, and uh, I did really enjoy it. I did it with my mum and uh, we did it. It was a kind of a nice thing to do together and we really enjoyed it. But can you tell people a little bit about what is yoga? Just a little bit and also what the benefits are, not just specifically to cancer patients, but to anybody. Yeah, so... Um, I would say I I sometimes avoid using the word yoga because I'm aware that some people get really put off by that. Oh, well, I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga. I say, no, no, no. So for me, it's breath and movement. The first most important thing is the breathing. The way we breathe changes how we feel. So it's the quickest way to affect our nervous system. And you can even feel it yourself. If you were to take your pulse while you were breathing, what you would feel is when you breathe in, your pulse rate speeds up. And when you breathe out, your pulse rate slows down. So if we change the way we breathe, obviously, if we're breathing a lot of inhale, like when we're frightened and scared, we're speeding up our heart rate, our pulse. We're letting the body know there's a problem right now. Same thing if you hold your breath. You know, when we're scared, often we go and we, we pause and we hold our breath. That sends a message immediately to your brain. There's a problem here. The body needs to respond and it responds by preparing the body to either fight or flee a situation. And we Mm. call that fight or flight. So the body's in that state. And when it's in that state, it's not um, you're not digesting fully. Your immune system isn't working fully. Lots of other things that aren't essential for immediate survival are suspended. Well, immune system not functioning is quite important important to us we do want our immune system to be functioning and we do want our digestive system to be functioning fully so by breathing by changing the way you breathe maybe by focusing on the exhale or just by calming the breath breathing in and breathing out to about the same count you create a sense of balance in the body and i'd say that's probably one of the most important things about yoga is that it's really connected to your breathing so the breathing is going to change the way you feel and then movement um as especially with these classes because they might be targeting certain um, areas but anywhere you've got scar tissue in the body um, any places you might have had surgery any areas that might have tightened up that might be restricting the flow of movement of Mm -hmm. bloods and fluids in the body so the lymphatic system is part of your immune system and if the body gets a bit stuck maybe that's not flowing so freely if you've had lymph nodes removed the body might need a bit more help in getting movement of fluid so we do lots of things in in the yoga 
class it's quite dynamic it's sort of normally moving in and out of postures trying to you know sort of encourage movement of fluid in the body getting muscles to contract and to release any time when we spend a period of time where we're inactive, we lose a bit of muscle mass. So if you've had any period in hospital or unable to exercise or move because of treatment for cancer or the fatigue, then um, we lose a bit of our muscle mass. And that also then contributes to fatigue. Fatigue mm. is one of the biggest side effects of treatment for cancer. And some of the fatigue is just from losing muscle mass. And that actually, if we build back muscle strength, Daily activities, climbing stairs, getting in and out of chairs will become easier because the muscles will be stronger. So we'll yeah. have less fatigue. So it's just really, you know, the body was designed to move. So we just want to get the body moving. So some of that is stretching and some of it strengthening the body that will have a knock on effect on the bones. And I just think generally also you feel better from having yeah. done a little bit of movement. And mm. I always say to people that come to class, this is your class, not my class. I'm not in control. You're in control of the class. So I'm a guide mm. and, you know, you're listening to your body. If something doesn't feel right, you ease out. If you suddenly decide halfway through, do you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm yeah. exhausted. Yeah. I, I always say, here's a couple of poses you can just do, but stay with the class because yeah. all the way through the class, I'll be guiding people with the breath. So you're, yeah. you might come down to lie maybe with your legs elevated on a chair or up a wall to help your lymphatic system but you'll stay with the breathing so hopefully when you leave you'll just feel that bit better than when you arrived yeah and you don't so need to calm you know you could feel like I really don't feel great today but I'm going to go and you generally will feel better afterwards yeah so for a lot of our patients um I'm guessing this might seem and you've sort of touched on it a little bit there like a little bit daunting you know mm. they might not sort of feel up to it um not just I mean there's so many things here for, particularly for our patients sometimes it's that they actually um it's difficult to go out and sort of face people because their surgery tends to be on their face mm -hmm. um and so there's the sort of confidence thing of coming out um and then it might be something they've never ever done before you know some patients may never have done any sort of activity before and this I mean to me it sounds so helpful particularly with the breathing and things like that but um I'm also aware that this might sound really daunting so where do sort of patients start you know you must have patients who come to you who've never done this before oh, so well, how do you how do they how do you start with them well I mean I I have I I have people that come all the time that have never done yoga because sometimes what happens is they're either maybe occasionally oncologists or doctors might suggest that yoga could be beneficial or somebody mentions it along the way, you know, and people always try to be very helpful, don't they? Friends want yeah. to always support you. So they're, oh, I've heard this could help. So yeah. I often get people coming that have never done yoga before. So the class is completely geared at all levels. Um, it's completely geared at someone who's never done yoga before. And we always start really simply just with breathing. And then really what we do is we just start to add on a little bit of movement to the breath and we start to layer it. And, it, and so, um, and maybe to begin with, sometimes it is a bit like, oh, I wasn't quite getting the breath right with the movement. And it, all of that doesn't matter, just as yeah. long as you're breathing, as long as you're, you know, showing up. And yeah, with, with the great thing with Zoom is people can do it from home. So most yeah. of the classes I teach, bar about one, they're all, uh, even if I'm in a studio, they're also record, they're on live stream. So yeah. you can come in, you don't need to have left home. So also if your immune system's a little bit low, you can join the class and just join the class. Hopefully um, I make people feel that they know they can come and they can do as little or as much as they want. And that yeah. if I see them stopping, I'm, I know they're doing good yoga because one of the main things of yoga, when you look at yoga philosophy, 
one of the sort of there there are these um eight limbs of yoga which are a bit like say your 10 commandments or something they're yeah. sort of rules of of guides of way of of living life and one of them the first one is called ahimsa it means non-harming it's so being kind to yourself in the mm. way you treat yourself is part of yoga so if halfway through you go actually being kind to myself is stopping now and just yeah. breathing and sitting or maybe observing the class or relaxing relaxing that is yoga so yeah. i would say if i see you doing that i know you're doing good yoga because yeah because and i think that's the thing is i think quite often with patients particularly after they've had their treatment or as well as during but it's been such a long journey to get to that point you know they've had they've had the di- they've had the symptoms they've had the diagnosis they've been to see their surgeon they've had their surgery they've had their um they're having their treatment and it's quite it's exhausting it's mentally and it's physically exhausting for them and then I think there's this thing of sort of going phew I've had it all now do you know what I mean I've had all this treatment and I think one of the things that we we are sort of trying to promote is this looking after yourself before but also afterwards sort of taking care of yourself and like you say being kind to yourself so I think this I think this sounds such a perfect way to sort of say I need to take care of myself now rather than just I've got over it you know it's it's something that's I'm at the end of or it's past it's behind me how you're going to carry on with that afterwards you know yeah and I do think that's quite important I hear a lot from people that often when they finish treatment that's when they feel most lost yes because whilst you're having treatment you're really cared for you've got appointments there's schedules in your diary you've got to turn up at this place for this thing you've got to be there for that you've then got to scan and then a few weeks later you've got this and then you might have a blood test so life is very structured and then suddenly that stops and people feel a bit bereft and a bit lost and trying to get back to some sense of normal I mean life doesn't go back to normal there's a new norm and so I think the thing about yoga is yoga is impactful empowering because you can learn some tools that might help you for something specifically so if you know you've got lymph nodes removed and you're concerned you might have a risk of lymphedema you can learn some tools in yoga that you can take with you into your daily life and some of them are really simple you know stretch an arm above your head and pump your hand is going to help your lymphatic system drain back down from the arm really silly you can do that while you're waiting for your kettle to boil you know you could do some balancing poses while you're brushing your teeth you know you can take little bits into your life and it stops you when you're a patient everything's being done to you this is now your opportunity to take back some control okay right I'm gonna I'm I'm now the co-crafter of my well-being going forward I'm gonna use these tools and something you said there about it being you know it can be completely exhausting and depleting the classes that I run have always been open to anybody impacted by cancer that means family members or friends or carers because I'm really aware also that that's really challenging for the family member watching their loved one go through something and that I wanted something that they could do together because up until now the treatment's been happening to the person they love and care about and they've been on the side but experiencing the same stress and anxiety and and watching Mm. someone they really really careful so I wanted this to be something that they could do together that this was now a shared experience that they could have so that was the other thing we have is that some people bring family members in or friends or carers yeah that's so important because often it's it's almost when it's happening to you you're having to deal with it all and it's happening and it's happening at a pace but for your loved one or carer it's I know a lot of people I speak to sort of say they wish it had been happening to them because it's they just feel so out of control. So that's wonderful that you do that. But 
So one of the stats that we've got here is um, a survey of breast cancer patients, which isn't our patients, obviously, but breast cancer patients found that 63% use yoga during or after their cancer diagnosis, but only 9% of them were referred to by a medical professional. So I'm going to ask you this. If you had this opportunity to sort of be sitting um, with the chief policymakers that dictates what the NHS does, Mm -hmm. how would you convince them that yoga needs to be actually prescribed for patients? Well, I, oh gosh, yes, that that that's um, an interesting one. Yeah, I would try and make it as scientific as I could, spiritual, yeah. because I think I think definitely um, the medical profession probably would um, listen more to the scientific facts. So things like we know, and there has been studies out there, there are not so many studies for everything, but there are definitely studies out there that show that yoga builds back bone strength. So even when you've lost bone strength and you've got, mm. um, uh, uh, you know um, osteoporosis you can actually build back bone strength wow. and that's not from pounding streets that's from stretching muscle we know yeah. that muscle tugs on bone that creates a force um, that stimulates the osteoblast the bone building cells that helps build back bone strength so I would probably try to put some some more you know sort of factual things out there mm. that show look we we can really help people and 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 if they're um, going to a yoga class that's helping them build back bone strength help stimulate the lymphatic system help calm and you know we know you know the effects of anxiety and doctors know the effects of anxiety yeah. um, then actually they're going to be less people coming back into the NHS exactly. needing further. Yeah because they're at home doing these things for themselves, learning how to calm the nervous system, um, mm-hmm. learning how to move the body, build back muscle strength and, and target stretches so that they're around areas where we're most likely to maybe fracture bones if we mm-hmm. have osteoporosis, to help people have more flexibility so if they are going to fall, they can catch themselves. I, so I guess I would try to put something together and present some of the facts. I mean, there are a lot more studies and you're right, they mostly seem to be to do with breast cancer. Um, but there are more studies out there looking at some of the scientific um, benefits. So I think I would probably try and accrue as, as much of that as I could. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't probably be too spiritual because I d- wouldn't be, want to be considered as a bit woo woo. You know, <laughs> I would like to be taken seriously that there really is a benefit to yoga. And, you know, you don't need any equipment either. You don't need any gym equipment. You literally need a yoga mat. And if you don't, even if you don't have a yoga mat, I've done yoga many times on sort of, you know, on, on the carpet or you know on a on a towel or something so you don't even need that and in lockdown we we found a way of using all kinds of things in the house as yoga props so I would say it's really cheap for people as well this is a really cheap thing that you can you know they don't need any props and they can just do it at home and I yeah I think that would be try how I would try to sell it there are a lot more integrative doctors out there nowadays yes amazing people out there that I occasionally go to when I'm stuck and I need, you know, some support on some medical background and they say, right, you know, there's there's this study or this study, you know, I often go to Dr. Nina Fuller-Shavel who runs an integrative oncology center uh, in Winchester. And she's, she's great at feeding me the medical information that I sometimes need. So I say it's been, I could talk to you for much longer because this is a really interesting subject for me. Um, uh, but what I'd like to say is, can you just tell me what's the split between men and women doing yoga? Do you have more women than men? 
Yeah, I have a lot more women than men. Um, mm. I'd love to get more men in. I don't know whether it's men come and then are, are a bit daunted because it's mm. just women. Um, I mean, I do have the odd man that comes, but not in, not as many as I would like. And if mm. there's a way that I could reach out, if anyone can give me any top tips on how to reach <laughs> out to men, yeah. um, I, I would love that. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yes. It's an interesting thing. I mean, it's always an issue with any cancer diagnosis that men tend to come later to their diagnosis than women do because of their, uh, this is speaking very generally, of course, but of a sort of, reticence to go to the doctor to get things sorted out whereas I guess women spend a lot of their time having to do that with children if you've got children and 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 things like that caring so um we always encourage men to to you know look after themselves a little bit more and get checked out when they've got things wrong and take a positive step you know with the sort of work that you're doing so I'm going to end here but I want to know where can people put I know you've written a book called yoga for cancer where can they get hold of it where can they get hold of you um Okay, and learn a little so prob- bit more about this. Yeah, so probably the easiest way to get hold of me is through my website, which is Vicky Fox. You can just Google Vicky Fox Yoga and it'll come up with me and you can buy the book on my website or on Amazon. Um, on my website, I have a whole lot of free videos. So on the page that um, has my schedule has all my yoga for cancer classes and um they're all either free or donation based so they're they should be accessible for everybody but if you if you scroll down there i've also got lots of little videos that i, re- I record every now and then videos during lockdown i did lots of little 10 minute videos because i'm also aware that a lot of people don't have maybe the time for a full 60 minute class and you don't need to do 60 minutes you know yeah. five minutes here and there 10 minutes anything Thing you can just fit into your day and will make you feel um, better but I've got 10 minute videos on various different things to do with um, side effects of treatment for cancer if anybody wants to access those and they're all free that's fantastic Vicky thank you so much for speaking to us it's been really fascinating actually and um, I do hope we speak to you again soon for information support and advice including how to check your own mouth Look up hncf.org.uk or follow us on socials, search HNCF.